You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, folks, and welcome to episode 47 of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. This is the show for July 2017, and I'm your host, Bart Bouchatz. Joining me today, I have a fabulous and large panel, which is so unusual for the middle of the summer. Uh, but so I double extra thank you to everyone who gave up time while the weather is good in the Northern Hemisphere and so on and so forth. So in no particular order, uh, I am joined by Nick Riley again. Hi, Nick. Hi, Bart. Good to be back again. Always a pleasure to have you. Um, Thank you. Also joining us for the first time in a while, we have Scott Wilsey from Don't Need Hongo It Alone. Uh, welcome back, Scott. Thanks. It has been a long time. It has. And do you want to explain to the listeners what Don't Need Hongo It Alone means? Yeah, it's uh, it's a podcast that a friend of mine, Jeff Ruberg, and I do about the process of learning Japanese. And it's kind of a pun there because Nihongo is... The Japanese language and don't go it alone. Don't Nihongo it alone. I don't know. It I like sounded it. good at the time. Okay. So I take it you're learning Japanese then, my, my immense powers of deduction. Well, I actually, when I was a kid, we lived over there for eight years. So I'm more of, of relearning it slash learning kanji that I didn't know. And then Jeff has been learning it for several years now. So Cool. Excellent. Also joining us, we have Linda Goucher back with us. Hi, Linda. Hello, Bart. Glad to be here. Pleasure as always, and given that we have an earnings call to talk about, I'm double extra happy to have you because it means I'm not trying to be sensible about financial matters on my own, which doesn't go very well. No, you do fine. You do fine. Well, I'm getting better, but it's very largely down to you sending me lots of very, very patient emails when I get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Which I greatly appreciate. And then finally, uh, going full circle back to the United Kingdom, we have, we're also joined by Gaz Maz from the MyMac Podcast. Hi, Gaz. Good evening. It's uh, as usual, always a pleasure, and such a such a busy night with all these people. I, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to slap myself and keep quiet. I think. Well, no, 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 no. That's definitely <laughs> not the point of this podcast. <laughs> yes, I've gotten you all on Skype, so you can keep quiet together. Um, Excellent. <laughs> Okay, well, we will get stuck in, though. So um, the first section I have in the show notes is follow-ups, because there's actually been a fair few sort of developments on stuff we talked about last time. Uh, some of these are just a quick sort of a mention. So just to say that last time we talked a lot about Apple clearly being very focused on AOR and VOR, and they have put a bit more wood behind that arrow. So they have joined something called the Web VOR Community, which is all about... It's sort of a, an industry group trying to get VR onto the web. So to think of it like the W3C, sort of an organization. So that is good to see Apple joining up. Um, they are also continuing their work on machine learning and strangely being much more open than Apple usually is. They've created a new section or sort of a subsite almost on their website dedicated to machine learning. And it's a showcase where their researchers can publish, publish of all things, the research they are doing within Apple on machine learning, which that's cool. Um, then the Toshiba thing, last time we talked about it, um, there was news breaking pretty much as we were recording and Apple looked to have lost out, but lots of people were unhappy and there were threats of lawsuits flying around. 
It would appear that whole deal has fallen through, which means that the NAND flash division of Toshiba is back on the market and negotiations are beginning again. So in theory, there's no reason Apple and Foxconn couldn't do a deal after all. So I guess that's more one to keep an eye on rather than anything else. Um, the long-awaited Carpool Karaoke is coming out tomorrow as we record this on August the 8th. There is a trailer uh, available right now. Yay! Um, <laughs> anyone a fan? <laughs> Maybe I'm just too cynical. No, I'm with you. Okay. Um, yeah, that's three of us at least. <laughs> yeah, I just don't live in that universe. I I've, I played the trailer uh, as a result of getting the show notes and looked at it and went, gee, I can re- tell who one of those people is based on what's written on her shirt. That was the best I could do, so I'm out of it. Well, it's I wrote the show notes. Us, is it? I wrote it's the show notes, and I didn't even watch it. So, oh. You know what the best part of that article was? The, the only part of the article that got my attention, to be totally honest, and I even did watch the trailer, was that Shaquille O'Neal is a flat earther. That that was the highlight of the article. Yeah, I, I, it's a, that that I knew that already, and it still makes my head explode that someone could be a jet-setting world-class player and not realize that jets go round. But hey, I... and then the final thing: the dispute between Apple and Imagination Technologies rumbles on with a whole bunch of he said, she said. Uh, they took a shot at Apple during their earnings call. Uh, Apple went, actually, we told you this was coming two years ago. You just failed to prepare, you silly people. And that's sort of where it stands at the moment. Uh, that'll probably rumble on for some time. So that brings us into notable numbers. Um, the first one that caught my eye uh, was a survey of how people used smart assistants on their uh, smartphones in the U.S., and Siri is still the leader in this game, but actual engagement with Siri has dropped by half, while users of all the other voice assistants have rocketed up by many, many tens of percent. Now, they were coming from a low baseline, so it's not hard to get massive growth. But nonetheless, less half the people who were using Siri a year ago aren't bothered with her anymore, and people are starting to use the other assistants more, so... I am one of those people who a year ago was trying to use Siri and have completely given up. And the last time iOS updated and said, do you want to enable Siri? I just said no. So I'm yeah, one that's... of those half who vanished. So how, how, how's everyone else on the panel coming out in this? Yeah, absolutely the same. But I, I think that's a that must be a big concern for Apple. It really must. They, they, they've got to be working at making sure that people, you know, when they start, that's the, th- the point. It, when you, it's like you, when you first meet someone, what is it, the first three seconds when you make your mind up? Well, I'm not quite sure it's that quick with these personal assistants because they've been around a long time. I've been people have been trying them but you have got to get in there and you have got to grab the usage of someone and make it useful and apple seem to be slightly dropping behind i'm not going to say failing but they're dropping behind the seemingly usefulness of some of the competitors and uh, that i think is probably a bit of a concern for them I, you know, I'm the oddball out here because I use Siri every day, many times a day, and I'm and I get the result that I want and expect somewhere around 98, 99% of the time. Um, the article that you quoted in the show notes struck me because it said something to the effect of women, and it gave an age group in which I fall, <laughs> are seem to be the ones that use this most often, and I'm I can't understand why that would be but <laughs> i i fit that profile 
So, um, I, you know, I kind of don't know what to say about it. It seems to work really, really well for me. I do know that my wonderful spouse, um, will on occasion, uh, get aggravated. He, he does use Siri, but he'll get aggravated, but he doesn't always, you know, he'll say, uh, tell me about thus and such. And it's the title of a movie or the title of a song. And that's all he says. He doesn't say song thus and such by so-and-so he doesn't give enough information to get, um, a result. And then I'll pick up, <laughs> I'll pick up my phone and, and ask the same question and ask it correctly and get the result. And he goes, she likes you better than me. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> yeah, but I, I've got to say, Linda, that's, that's absolutely spot on. But the pro- the problem Apple might be finding is that some of the competitors are picking up that differential and people the male idiots that don't know how to ask the right question <laughs> and i'm one of those um it perhaps perhaps the other companies have worked out those stupid questions from uh, those people and, and worked out how to answer them i don't know i'm being a bit cynical there but uh, it, it, you know it I, I think it must be a bit of a concern for them because they, yeah. they will need they will need because you are right you do have to ask the question in the right way and i think that's that's possibly a little bit of a failure of it well, what, what, yeah. what drove me away is that every I, I i'm a very polite person so i would say hey you know <laughs> hey s word please do whatever and the answer i would get back about one in five times is sorry can't play add something to my calendar it's like no i said please not play surely to goodness oh. add blah 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 to my calendar I should have given away the what i actually meant Mm-hmm. And I, oh, I just got so fed up. I just really, really couldn't be bothered. And the better half still has it on. And we were we were watching something on telly, and you know, it's like, oh, what what film was that actor in? <laughs> better half took out Siri and had to go. Well, that was a waste of time. Whereas yeah. I just swiped up, typed into the little search box. It's way, way, way more effective to me. Just let quick look do it. Saw, saw this Siri thing. So that's that, that's that been my experience. But I'm, I'm glad it works for some people, Linda. I'm, I'm delighted it's working well yeah, for and, you. And Adam Christensen absolutely loves it. it you know, it, 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 and I think you do have to persevere with it. And perhaps that's, perhaps that's my problem as well. I haven't got the patience to keep going at it. But there again, I'm not always in the situation where I can use it. You know, I, I certainly yeah. don't use it at oh. work. Um, yeah. And at home, I'm doing other things. So, well... Yeah. To go to go directly to what you're saying, Gaz, I don't use it at work either because of that. And also, even when I'm just out and about, I feel like I have to yell <laughs> for it to understand <laughs> what I'm saying. I hate that. And and I tend to be lower voice on my first word and lower voice on the last word of my sentence. And it drops those all the time. It just doesn't hear them. And it, it, my biggest problem with Siri is I just wanted to understand what I said, first of all. Just get that right. And then worry about solving the problem. And then even if it does, it doesn't – like you'll say uh, uh, call so-and-so or do something with a contact that it knows is in there. It will bring it up spelled exactly the way it is in your contacts, and then it will say you don't have a contact like that. It just fails so hard sometimes. And when you're driving or whatever, you can't – it's just useless. I, I'm, ho- I, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that when they bring HomePod out that they start really picking up a lot more of the accents and the way people ask the questions, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it just drives me mad when it shows me on the screen exactly what I wanted, and then it just fails to find that person or whatever. It's like, did you look? Did you really look in my contacts? Because if I look, I know it's there. How long ago did that happen? 
Is that? But it happens that, all the time. It happens okay. all the time. Reason. It okay, still so happens. You're continuing to try. Okay. I'm trying because I, yeah. Okay. Let me just two other points. The HomePod thing I think is really important because I think part of the reason some of the other assistants have risen up in the ranks is yeah. because of they have the home devices. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing is Apple is on record as of WWDC to making improvements. And my own just gut level hunch is, is that there's going to be a lot more than just what they said in WWDC, but that's Linda's gut level hunch, which may be worth nothing. It's just a gut level hunch. So I, I do think the improvements will continue. And some of the very simple stuff like set a reminder, uh, set a timer, uh, that kind of stuff works quite perfectly for me yeah, absolutely 100 percent perfectly so so right. i would say keep trying with those um and then tr give other stuff a, sh a shot now and again and um don't give up you I know i'm not to, i'm not convinced about these training things and, and saying it, it's a matter of, of persevering um yeah. i've got um so i've tried and tried and tried with siri and like the others have failed miserably um but I've also got a, an Amazon device. Hmm. And um, I had a meeting at my house uh, not long ago. And, of course, you know, being a geek, I, I like to show it off. And I said one or two things to it. And one of the other guys in the meeting is um, Ghanaian by birth. So he's got quite a strong accent. And he said he asked it a completely random question. And, and I thought, oh, he's never going to be – that's never going to work. And, and immediately it came back with the answer. And I think we were all – I think we were all um, shocked and knocked back by that. And that's the whole point is really if if the passing doesn't work fairly quickly, uh, perhaps us uh, us men who won't persevere with things, we expect it to happen fairly, fairly rapidly. Right. Uh, and I, I think perhaps – maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe – uh, Siri does get better if you're prepared to do that persevering, but perhaps they need to improve their algorithms more. So, that, I, so for us poor old men. Yes, no, I, 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 I'm sure you're right. They definitely need improvement. I'm not claiming perfection, just that it works, you know, for me reliably for the things that I use it, use it for, and um, I, and and I'm tr I am trying to train myself to use it more because it's it is so effective for me. And there's some areas where I I never use it to open an app. You, you see, I think the concerning bit from Apple's perspective, though, Linda, is you're pers persevering, that, and you're not the problem. The, the problem of those people that don't persevere, try somebody else's phone, finds it works, and then swaps and switches. Right. That's right. that's what I they mean, should be concerned about. Is it a driver about. to make people switch phones? I think I think we've spent quite a long time talking about it, and I think it is. But I think okay. it's it's not. I think moving forward, it is going to be a driver. Yes. Well, okay. so far the numbers don't bear you out. So no. far, so. But we'll see. Well, that may be a generational thing too, because kids yeah, right. seem to be a lot more keen to just shout at stuff and expect it to do with it what they tell it. <laughs> yeah, mm. they shout at parents as well. Whereas I'm, I'm still struggling with that whole God, I look like such an idiot talking to my tech. Um, oh yeah. Th that, yeah, I certainly don't feel particularly strongly one way or the other. It's not like I'm, no. oh no, I'm going to move to Android because Siri doesn't work for me. It's like yeah, whatever. Really couldn't be bothered. Quick look works, and that's way more interesting to me because I'm just that kind of geek. Yeah. Um. Next uh, notable number that caught my eye is uh, Mac. Uh, the people over at iMore decided to uh, 
sorry, Macworld, not iMore, excuse me. The people at Macworld decided to benchmark browsers on the Mac to see if Apple's claim that Safari 11 is the fastest browser on the Mac is true. And the answer is yes, it is. So I'm just curious, how many people on the panel here are Safari users? So I used to be a Firefox user, and I switched over to Safari two or three years ago, and I have absolutely never looked back. It's just such a quick and battery-friendly browser. I use use, uh, Chrome for those sites that still want to use Flash, (laughs) and that is it. That is it. I'm a Safari user through and through. I'll second what Gaz said. I, I, but I haven't. It, it, it's interesting you said that. I have done that habitually, but I haven't even done that recently. If I've really wanted to to see something that uses Flash, I pick up my iPad and yeah. go, okay, I'm gonna. I'll just check and see if it'll work on the iPad. It's and it's less and that. less as well, of course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash is dying. Thank goodness. Yay. Yeah, the I think the place where it still has a stronghold besides some abominable restaurant websites is kid stuff. Like for my daughter, a lot of the school yeah. stuff requires it, and a, and a lot of the different uh, kids' learning sites still have it. And I think they'll be the last ones to go kicking and screaming. But yeah, in general, I'm I'm completely with you guys. I love Safari. I like having all my bookmarks automatically synced. I realize Chrome can do that too, but I don't really care for Chrome. And uh, Safari is fast and it's good. It's also really battery-friendly because of all the clever things Apple does to make tabs that are not visible do nothing and so forth. I was just going to say, actually, also, but um, that really it should be the fastest. Right, (laughs) yeah, they have an advantage, right? They (laughs) make the OS and they make the browser. So it it shouldn't be shocking. But it is – it's interesting that we've come to a place where, you know, you know – Apple Give came it a, late to the party, and they've done very well for themselves out of it. Yeah. Give it a year or two, and it may be one of the others, but then I, I've got a feeling that um, Apple would catch back up again. So I think Safari still has remarkably low uh, percentage of usage, though, right? Like mm-hmm. even on the Mac, which is where it is, but on iOS, I'm sure probably most people use it. I'm sure that most mm. normal people do just by default. But on the Mac, I don't think anybody uses it. I mean, we do, but I think... Even Chrome and Firefox are still beating it out. I think Safari has a tiny share on the Mac even, which kind of surprises me because it really is good. Yeah, so you see, I it takes I effort not to use it, and it's good. It, it is a bit weird, but yeah. Yeah, I don't use Safari on, on the Mac much. Um, I suppose I do when I'm sitting in front of my Mac, but the fact is, like an awful lot of people these days, I suppose, they're all using mobile, mobile um, Safari because mm. it's convenient <laughs> And um, because they don't want to be sitting in front of the computer while they're browsing the internet these days, it's much more convenient to have it on their iPad or whatever. I guess. I guess. Okay. Um, the the other notable number that very much caught my eye is um, so CoStar do this rating where they basically measure how much profit per square foot of retail space different American retailers <clears throat> make. So, in other words, what is the most valuable retail square footage? So, which retailer makes the most money per square foot? And the the answer is it's Apple. Um, But it's not just Apple by a little bit. So, for context, the average U.S. retail square foot makes $325. Apple makes $5,546 per square foot. Like, that is... An order of magnitude more. So, 
as much as everyone sort of poo-pooed the concept of the Apple yeah. Store, I think Apple did it right. Yeah. yeah. They did go out of their way to build particularly um, diminutive stores, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, I mean, most of them are really are, are packed full of stuff and with very little in, very actually very little in there, uh, and so that it can get in. I mean, everyone I've been in, it's a little bit like walking into a, a it, 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 into a sardine tin with oh. a million other people. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, well, it, it depends on which stores you visit because the one in San Francisco yeah. is quite large. The one in uh, Grand Central Station is quite large. The uh, what the glass cube in New York City we've been to, we we tend to stop in the Apple stores is is also quite large. Um, then we've got one we've, we have had one of those mini stores that was really like a I'm, so I have seen that. But um, the the one that we go to that's close in our neighborhood is is kind of medium size. It's nowhere near like the sizes of New York City and San Francisco, but it's it's a decent size. Uh, yeah, there are. In- you live in a big country, Linda. The UK is little. <laughs> yeah, I've got to say, I've been to Liverpool, I've been to Leicester, I've been to Milton Keynes, and all of those stores are very similar sizes. Uh, Regent Street, obviously, is a little bit bigger, and the one in, um, oh, I can't think of the place now, down, um, it's the market down near Soho. Oh, anyway, that's another big okay. store. But those they're, are they're, yeah, those are both in London. So, I mean, that you know, there is a very similar formula to the stores, certainly in the UK. So I can imagine some of the smaller towns in, in America have got similar size. The little size, layouts. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, although a, a larger one in Birmingham now. So um, I have not actually been to that one yet. <laughs> but uh, But they used to have one uh, in the Boring Shopping Centre, which was very small. Well, I will say that just speaking for the mall contention here, because I live near Portland, and there's one downtown Portland proper, but it's in a mall-ish thing. And then there's two, yeah. And then there's two in Tigard that are in malls, and they're not small. The the only problem with the store is how many people are in there, but the building itself is as big as any other store there. So, I mean, the the space, the shopping space, is as big as any of the other stores in the mall. So they're not small; they're just really jam packed. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw the the rabbit into the amongst the the greyhounds now. Bart, what about your local store? Well, if I tried to do this statistic, I would have a divide by zero error. <laughs> I guess that means Apple make infinite profit per square foot of Irish retail space. <laughs> anyway, um, just two other numbers quickly to throw out. So Apple top Fortune 500's profitability top. 10. Of course, that doesn't stop the press saying that Apple are doomed any minute now. I tell you, it's all going to come off the rails. Doomed, doomed, I tell you. And uh, we don't. Ac- we will be talking about Apple's earnings call shortly, but one thing you're not going to get from Apple's earnings call is the number of Apple Watches Apple shipped. So therefore, I'd just like to say that Strategy Analytics now estimate Apple have shipped 30 million Apple Watches, which is... Not bad, really. 30 million is... Many, many companies would be excruciatingly happy to ship 30 million of anything. Even 30 million toilet rolls would be good going. Anyway, legal latest. Uh, I'm just going to quickly update you on this rather than spending much time on it. So Qualcomm v. Apple is going to be that story that never dies, and it continues to evolve. 
Qualcomm have filed suit requesting a ban on iPhone imports to the U.S. The Computer and Communications Industry Association have filed documents with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in support of Apple, arguing against Qualcomm's request to have the iPhone banned. Smartphone manufacturers Foxconn, uh, Compel Electronics, Pegatron and Wistron have also filed their own lawsuits in support of Apple against Qualcomm. And Intel have filed with uh, it, have filed papers in existing cases in support of Apple against Qualcomm. Uh, in fact, they filed those papers with the U.S. International Trade Commission, um, who were obviously involved with the requested ban. So basically, everyone is taking sides. Everyone is telling judges what they think, but no actual real developments happened in July. So this is just keep waiting, keep watching, see what happens. Apple then lost a substantial case against the University of of Wisconsin-Madison. They have been ordered to pay half a billion dollars in in, in a patent case they've lost to the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So that's that's not good for Apple. And we found out during Nokia's earnings call that Apple paid them $2 billion to make their lawsuit over patents go away. Staffing changes. Just two notable uh, big changes in Apple's staffing. Um, Apple have promoted two female executives. So we have Isabel Guimahe, I'm going to say wrongly, I'm sure. Uh, She was vice president of wireless technologies, which is not a bad job. And she is now the managing director of Greater China. Which rather sounds like she's running the country, but I'm presuming it's only (laughs) Apple's... um, But anyway, yes. Um, Oh, sorry. Bloody hell. Sometimes Apple is very unhelpful. My phone rang, which is annoying enough, but now all of my Macs are also trying to make me take this bloody call. No, I do not want to take this call. Okay. Um, Where was I? Oh, yes. And Apple have also promoted Deirdre O'Brien. She was vice president of worldwide sales and operation, and she is now vice president of people, uh, which is basically what Apple call their head of all things to do with HR. So good to see two female um, executives making their way up through the ranks and they seem like two interesting jobs, particularly being, you know, appointing someone with the explicit job of being over Apple stuff in China is interesting. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, so let us, without further ado, move into our main stories and let's just get the most consequential of the main stories out of the way first apple announced their q3 2017 earnings just a few days ago so link in show notes to the full numbers um basically up is the keyword here so in terms of money year over year change is up seven percent um the only minus sign you will find on the revenue section of apple's data summary is greater china Minus 10% year over year, which is not, well, look, I mean, the Chinese economy, I guess, is having its issues. Now, it's not a small number. There's still 8,000 million, which I guess is 8 billion in revenue. So uh, that's not bad going. Uh, That's, you know, more than twice what they make in Japan, which is only 3,624 million or 3.6 billion. Bit of a bigger country, though, but... <laughs> Just a bit. It is, but 
in terms of average income, I think th- yeah, you know, true, true, yeah. true. Yeah, I think there's only certain concentrated sections of wealth where people are actually going to be buying any Apple products. Hmm. Now, what, what I find more interesting than the raw numbers, basically, sale, you know, revenue up to seven percent year over year, that's all good. Uh, but I'm obviously, I find the um, unit sales more interesting and sort of the breakdown per what Apple are actually selling and everything in unit, everything in their breakdown by product is up. Whether you count in units or in revenue, it's all up. So the iPhone is 2% more units, 3% more revenue. You know, it's okay, grand, yeah, it's sort of keeping up with inflation. The iPad, for the first time in a really long time, is actually up by both metrics. Unit sales up 15%. Revenue up 2%, which implies to me that they're selling a lot more, but not of the particularly expensive ones. So does that mean that the new non-pro iPads they put out recently are really hitting the mark, I wonder? Um, Uh, Or is it education on the highly subsidized iPads that are really hitting the mark? But even but either way, I think that's the same iPad, right? Like I think right. it's either yeah. the cheaper iPad or it's education buying the cheaper. It's either individuals buying the cheaper iPad or education buying the cheaper iPad. So I definitely think I what I really hope is I hope Apple thinks about their pricing strategy. I know that they need those prices to get their five thousand dollars per square foot or whatever, but yeah. uh, I, I just feel like iPad is such a luxury item for most people and the cost is so high that it's going to be the last thing that ever gets replaced if, if if it does and i don't know i think they're somewhere in between for them to still make money and yet sell a lot more i, I think they can find a better balance maybe there's a um yeah there's a there's a trend thing to to consider there there seems to be more and more use in uh, enterprise and in many cases in enterprise the trend seems to be to use it as a laptop replacement if that trend holds in place, um, then then I don't think they need to. You know, I think they're they're fine where their pricing is right now. They also did on the earnings call specifically call out education, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but they're definitely up. <clears throat> pardon me, in the education market with iPad, and it does seem to be the case that again in that context, uh, a number of the school districts that are using iPads are using them as as um, laptop replacements so if that trend holds in that in either of those two markets or both of those two markets um and it may lag in the consumers because consumers uh form certain habits but especially with the innovations to ios 11 um it does look to me like there are more people now moving in that direction well also as people go through the school system stuff you learn to use in school is stuff you keep with you for life so that's a really good place for apple to be doing well Right. Yeah, because if that's the case, what they're more interested in is the reverse in the year-on-year units change and revenue situation with the iPhone. Because if you look at the numbers on the left-hand side, you know that one percent increase. You know they've sold two percent more units, but had a three percent increase in the revenue. And when you're selling thirty-three billion, then those are the sort of numbers they're really interested in, aren't they? Mm. Definitely. Also, a 1% increase in unit sales in the Mac translated to a 7% increase in revenue. So that is... More iMacs, I would say. Is it iMacs or is it MacBook Pros? 
Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes, you could be right. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Yeah, yeah. I would think the touch bar MacBook Pros are probably doing quite well. Then we obviously don't have unit numbers for services because that would make absolutely positively no sense whatsoever. Uh, But services are up 22% and other products are up 23%. So that seems to include those estimated 30 million Apple watches that we talked about a few minutes ago. So all in all, not a bad uh, earnings call, and it beat expectations on Wall Street, resulting in Apple shares going up for once. So that seems like some sort of sanity in my eyes. Um, and as a, yeah, so the, the the big thing I guess is that the iPads are back in growth, and uh, Apple services business, if it were spun off entirely on its own, would be a Fortune 100 company, which is kind <laughs> of interesting. Uh, and as usual, there are links in the show notes to some of the nicer analysis of the call. So six colors and um, oh, uh, what's his face? Ah, why am I so bad with names? Um, Philip Elmer DeWitt have both done really nice graphs showing all of this kind of stuff. So they're linked in the show notes, as is the transcript of CEO Tim Cook's comments on the call and a nice summary from iMore. So all of that is at letstashtalk.ie. So, Linda, how how should we interpret these these results? Well, well, the results are good all the way around. There's no there's no question about that. Um, I think a lot of the response that the market had because in after hours the stock was up about nine nine dollars. Hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, but a lot of that response has to do with the guidance that they gave for the upcoming quarter, which is always the, the case because the market is always looking you, often six months to a year ahead. Uh, but the market always looks ahead. Uh, there's a number of – regardless of which company you, you follow, there's a number of companies that will say our results are good, but what we're forecasting for the next quarter is not so good, and you'll see the stock go down in response. So that's a, a, a typical move. But in this case, the earnings guidance from Apple was good for this upcoming quarter. And there's, as I'm sure you know, a ton of anticip- anticipation about the um, next iPhone. And so the analysts, as, along with everybody else in the universe, is going, oh, oh boy, it's going to be really exciting and it's really going to sell and I can't wait to get my hands on it. And there's lots of eagerness there. I predict that the, no matter how well Apple do in the next quarter, they will fail to meet the super cycle, unrealistic, outlandish expectations of the market, and everything will go. The stock will go to the floor. That is my prediction. Um, okay, I'll 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 take that bet. <laughs> you, th- you think you, you think they're actually going to deliver? You think that they're they're no, going to well, meet here's, these inflated expectations? Here's here's what happens. It's the the picture is more uh, complex or nuanced than that. Um, the expectations are very high for for the next – so we're not talking the next quarter, but the following quarter and the quarter after that, the following two quarters, mm-hmm. because depending on when they deliver what, and that's up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it will depend on – There'll be a lot. It'll depend to some degree on sales numbers. It will also depend again a lot on what Apple projects for the quarter after, how Apple perceives how they're doing. Um, The other thing is there are. You're right. There's absolutely a lot of hype about this upcoming quarter, but there are also some out there who are still saying, "Oh, it's not going to be that good. Oh, it's not going to be that good. Oh, it's not going to be that good." And those people, although 
in the Apple community, we often view them less than favorably. Um, they actually do Apple a favor if they lower the expectations from a financial perspective. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So, so I don't. I think Apple will do just fine. Is my is my read. I, there may very well be a quarter or two where the stock goes down. Uh, what three, four, five percent right after. But then it tends to build right back up again. What it won't do, Bart, trust me, is go to the floor. I mean, barring something really horrendous. Um, and, okay, the, and then I'm there's being also somewhat hyperbolic, but basically, I imagine I, I, that the, 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 all the headlines would be that Apple is doomed. Basically, is what right, happen. right. The, the other thing that's happening, and this is just the political backdrop, um, the current administration in the United States of America has spoken about allowing corporations to bring tax, bring money held overseas home at a lower tax rate. God only knows if that can actually happen, given I was the situation. Say, if, Donald Trump couldn't pass a third, let alone a law. <laughs> you, you, you may be right. And yet at the moment, we do have a Republican-dominated legislature. That's true. And... And they may, you know, you just don't know. The market itself went up on that basis. I mean, the entire stock market. And Apple has, as far as I know, more cash than anybody else, 94% of which is held overseas. It's quite close to me, actually. It's, I believe yeah. it's virtual, but it's somewhere here in the lovely rainy Republic of Ireland. Yes, not not all of it. I don't think. I think a lot of it is in various locations. But I think your 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 share is uh, is uh, considerable. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Apple International you... Inc. I think is is what they're called. But yeah, they're they're here in Cork, and the, yeah, they have yeah. a lot. Is that yeah. in your spare room, Bart? I wish. <laughs> God, if I could charge rent on Apple's money, point oh 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 one percent to do me fine. <laughs> yeah. So so even if even if the numbers weren't as good as people uh, prognosticate, um, it's possible if something like that happens, then, then, you know, everything's off the, off the, who knows? Yeah, you know, that, that would, I, I imagine, would that be the kind of thing then where Apple would do some sort of a big dividend or something if they get to bring home a lot of money? Is, is that the kind of thing investors would expect? Um, ex- it's it's the kind of th- I wouldn't I don't know about expect but maybe I mean there has been talk of if that were to happen a quote special dividend which would be a one time payout yeah I, I think there could well also be a, a big tie in with the government to, to put some investment into manufacturing um, exactly so they may say mm, yes yeah there'll be a dividend but uh, not quite as big as you think because we're actually having to use this money to invest in. In of course, jobs. depending on how you pass the, the, the law, it may come exactly. with strings, right? It may not yes. just be you get yes. to have your money. It may be, sure, have some money, but uh, I would like to see you make blah, thousand jobs. or Yeah, it could come with all sorts of strings. That's very true. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So so all that's up in the air. So, But in any case, I don't I, – I, I, yeah, like I said, it may be the case just based on earnings and based on the, the, quote, super cycle. Because what Apple does, if sales go well, that increases the install base, which increases the sales in the, on the service sector, which right. increases the upgrade cycle next time around. So you've got kind of a virtuous circle going there. So I don't think even if – you know the numbers don't come up and the stock goes down three four percent. Who cares for for two three days? It just won't matter. Sure. So, okay. No, it's it's interesting. We shall see. Um, 
I I just have I don't know my my spidey sense is triggered that people have talked themselves into an absolute frenzy about this super cycle, and no matter how good it is, I don't think it can ever be super enough, and that just worries me. Yeah. Okay. Any anyone else want to chime in on the earnings call before we move on? Okay, let us have a moment of silence, please, for the death of the <laughs> traditional iPod. Believe it or not, it only just happened. Um, so as of July 2017, the only iPods available are the iPod Touches. So basically, if it doesn't run iOS, it doesn't exist anymore. So the Shuffle and the Nano are dead. And I'm kind of shocked they hung around that long because neither of those devices were actually ever compatible with Apple Music, which is, for a oh, music no. player, not to be compatible with Apple Music and to be sold by Apple is kind of a bit nuts. Yeah. But, you know, resolved now. Um, they've also simplified the lineup. So as well as removing the old iPods, they have also... We now have fewer iPod Touch models. There's a 32 gig model and a 128 gig model, and they have had a price reduction. So the iPod line as a whole is basically down to just two iPod Touches. No, they're you know they're yeah. not bad devices, but it's... I guess the only thing I'd say about it that's not necessarily surprising. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not totally surprised that they're gone. Uh, but I guess the only thing I'd say is I still see a lot of people running around wearing little tiny iPods on their bodies and, uh, you know, for exercise. And they don't really have anything that fits that anymore. If you're going to push the Apple Watch for that, it gets really pricey really fast. So that's the only thing that struck me about it. Other than that, I'm not surprised that they're gone. Yeah, for me personally, the the, the reason I don't have any interest in those kind of small exercise devices anymore is because Bluetooth is so good these days that I just have to have my phone somewhere vaguely nearby and then the Bluetooth uh, headphones take care of the rest. Maybe, maybe that's what Apple see is happening. I suppose, in theory, AirPods plus Apple Watch equals a lot of money, but a very, very good jogging experience. Sure. Okay, anyone still actually... When's the last time anyone used an iPod that wasn't an iPhone or an iOS device? Because I think I think I've okay. That's more recent than me. I bought one of them in my entire life, which was an iPod Photo, and then I went to the iPod Touch because Ireland didn't get an iPhone, but we did get the iPod Touch, so I bought one of those straight away. And since then, my iPhone has been my iPod since the since the iPhone 3G. So uh, okay, so Linda, you're still a user. I'm still a user. I use both an iPod Classic and occasionally a Shuffle for workout situations. Um, yeah. So, so it, and the reason is, and I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, is is that we still have some JBL speakers with the 30-pin dock connector, and I can use my iPhone fine, you know, for for podcasts and such. But the JBLs sound a lot better. And are louder, et cetera, et cetera, than the speaker on my iPhone. So I tend to use my the iPhone mostly, or pardon me, the iPod mostly for podcasts, where I can put it on the speaker. So at this point, now when the HomePod comes out, uh, very likely we will buy those in this house to upgrade the JBLs, and then that will change. But as of right now, it works fine, and um, yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of trouble. It depends on the podcast. Some podcasts I do use the iPhone four, but I, I still do use the classic. Interesting. Uh, any, anyone else still? This, this, well, I suppose we just go around. So, Gaz, when's the last time you had a traditional 
iPod? Uh, well, I still have a Nano and a Shuffle, um, but I haven't used them probably for, I would say, two years. Well, that's, that's recent enough. Yeah, we you know, there were still times when we'd go out. Um, it, it, it's the fitness thing. And it's funny, um, was it who was it? Um, oh, who, who just mentioned about the uh, the combination of uh, the, those devices disappearing and the I was just was then thinking about the competition and then being able to do stuff with the shuffle and the nano to to make it a more wearable fitness device but it's obviously where Apple aren't going because um, um, Scott then just I think went on about the you know the airpod so you, you talked about the Bluetooth compatibility so um, but no we I occasionally just plug them into a, a, a a speaker just a portable speaker to use them so um it, yeah i've heard a lot of people talking about the um the watch taking over from that like you know that position but really that's quite a big jump certainly when it comes to a monetary aspect yeah. um i can't yeah. see that. an ipod but, shuffle and an apple watch not yeah. the same price range no no but um yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll hold on to them as long as they're working. Then we might occasionally use them. Um, but uh, no, the usage dropped off, I would say, probably three or four years ago, down to a point where the last time I used it was about two years ago. Okay. Uh, Scott, how, what's your history with, with iPods been recently? Um, yeah, I've only actually had two iPods. I had a fifth-gen iPod video or whatever you want to call it, but the fifth-gen iPod. And I had an iPod Touch, but my wife still uses her Shuffle for running specifically because her other device that would substitute for that is her iPhone. And when you're jogging, anything that weighs bounces. Anything that bounces makes you mad. The only way to get around it is strap it to your arm, and she doesn't like that as much. But um, So, uh, yeah, I guess an Apple Watch is the, really the best solution now. But like you said, it is expensive. It is hard to justify in the same way as the ipod uh shuffle and you know if you have a choice between oh my kid needs this for school some technology for school i can get her an ipad or whatever or i can get myself a watch to go running with you're you're gonna lose the watch so i don't know i would say though a lot of people who are very who are very into running would also want the watch for the fitness tracking so in which case it kind of comes along for you know it's true it's just i don't know for some people like I, i guess we just happen to fall into the category where for us it's just it's a little bit hard to justify yeah i am with you i would yeah i mean like with my bike i have a bike computer and all that somehow i justified it at some point in time but and i would like an apple watch but i haven't justified that yet so i don't know it's it's kind of hard to i don't know it's just one of those areas where i have a watch is because i didn't want to buy a bike computer i didn't want to buy a fitbit i wanted to buy a device that would do all the fitness tracking and give me something else as well and the, the watch sort of fit perfectly. It was like, well, I could spend half this much money on a Fitbit right. and have half the device or I could just... Yeah, the Fitbits are horrible. I have one. Uh, I was get, actually given one by my employer and it just it's just not very good. But the reason I went for a bike computer over something like an Apple Watch is A, Apple Watch wasn't available when I bought it and B, I needed something that could last for 100 miles without battery dying and and... Yeah, the Apple iPhones Watch and Apple that. Watches just can't do that. Oh yes, well, the Apple Watch. Oh good. yes, yeah, can. the Apple Watch. Good. They weren't available when I. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. also, the other benefit is it's you know, 
Apple Watch is on your wrist. You can glance at it. It's it's pretty nice, but um, I don't know. It's one of those things where it still has to be justified somehow. And I just think that I feel like Apple, aside from their cheaper iPad that they recently did, which seems to be selling gangbusters to whoever, I feel like they're losing the, you know, like maybe the iPods were the only thing that still regular people could buy and not spend an arm and a leg, but I hope they don't lose that. I hope everything doesn't become high-end stuff. That's a fair point, yeah. That, that is a good point because Apple don't really have anything that plays in that same place as the Nano and the Shuffle. I mean, they, they brought Apple to a very, very friendly price point. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Nick, I don't think we've heard your iPod stories, or have we? Uh, no, you haven't. No, uh, I, I only ever owned, owned uh, an iPod Nano, uh, one of the thin, long ones. And um, it was my first Apple device. Ah, so, you're a Halo uh, person. Indeed. So it's a bit a bit sad, really, to see it going. Um, okay. And like Scott, I, I, I'm just concerned that it was a nice, gentle entry into the expensive Apple ecosystem. Uh, and I, I'm not quite sure how much the cheapest 32 gig iPod touches, but I'm guessing over 100. Arguably the cheapest iPod Apple sell is free because it's an iPhone with an appropriate contract. Yeah, but if you're buying this for a child and you don't want them to have a phone, oh yeah, sure. uh, Then that you've just basically made it so that it's quite expensive actually to do that. So um, I understand why they've let them go for the very reasons that you quoted at the beginning about being not working with Apple Music and all those other things. But at the same time, it's just a shame there isn't a sort of stepping stone. To get so, people into the into the Apple yeah. stuff. Yeah, £199, 32 gigabyte iPod Touch. Yeah, you wow. see, that's a lot of money to spend, isn't it? On, on, on a, okay, it's a lot more than just a music device. but It's an iPhone without a phone, but it also means it's without all of those carrier subsidies, and hence it becomes quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. Apple may, uh, in the fall, the rumors are that Apple's going to do a new watch in the fall, and if they do something, and, and I think they did this this last time with the uh, Apple Watch 2, didn't they also keep a couple of other older models for sale at a lower price? Well, they actually updated it and kept it for sale. So the the Series yeah. 1 is actually an improved Series 0, which they kept for sale. Right. So they didn't just keep so, it for sale. They made it a little bit better and cut the price. So yeah, that, it's, it's still not going to get down to the shuffle range. No, but no. but that may be a lower price product, and rumors are again that they that this will be a a device that will will stand independent even of an iPhone. I don't think I would want to use it that way, but um, who knows? So something may happen in the fall to help in terms of that price point, but it's still not going to get down to shuffle range, I'm sure. So that point holds. Yeah. When it, I gotta say, when it comes to the iPod Touch, I mean, I had one before I had an iPhone, but in terms of its value. Uh, like with my daughter, we didn't even think about it. We just gave her when I got the what am I? What do I have? Six S Plus. She received uh, an iPhone five S, and the SIM card came out, and it's now an iPod five S. So I mean, I think it's just there's a lot of iPhones without. Basically, there's a lot of iPhones yeah. taking the role of a traditional iPod on this planet today. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because on the one hand. Apple have stopped selling iPods. On the other hand, Apple sell more iPods than they've ever sold because every iPhone is an iPod. So 
it's yeah. It all depends on how you look at it, I guess. Anyway, I'm going to move us along. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, uh, Bart, do, do just, continue. Uh, just to jump in there, I've just had a quick look. I've just typed in iPhone 5 secondhand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually come up with 16 gig. Uh, a 16 gig uh, iPhone 5S is only 40 quid from Carphone Warehouse. Okay. I'm, so I'm pretty- assuming... I'm not sure whether that's. I expect that's on a contract, isn't it? Of course it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fourteen, yeah, it's fourteen ninety nine a month. Um, but even so, you, you can see why that's part of the reason, isn't it? That it's hardly worth them doing the the iPod stuff anymore. It's just for kids who you don't want to give a cell phone to. And I'm, yeah. start, I'm yeah. trying to see more and more and more kids with cell phones. So I'm not sure that market. Mm. Is, uh, I think that's sort of. I think the market's vanishing. It's disappearing. I was, yeah. yeah, I was just actually going to say, when it does come time, which I imagine will be pretty soon, hopefully she's not listening, but she is. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, when it comes time to add her to the plan, it's 20 bucks more a month. The data doesn't change. You know, I mean, it's it's almost worth just giving them the used device. They can use it for an iPod until you're ready to throw them on the plan, and then it barely bumps your bill up. So it it's, I'm, yeah. I'm sure a lot of other parents must be doing the same thing. Yeah. Well, all these kids have iPhones, so they must be getting them from somewhere. I don't think they're getting them new. I think that all the hand-me-downs are going to the kids. Okay, I'm going to bump us into the third main story of the month, which is one of the things I like about doing a monthly show is you can sort of collect together little stories into a bigger story. So this is one of those meta stories. But basically, the fight against encryption is by no means over. Um, it's it's bubbling away all over the planet. So related news stories, we have Australia are proposing a law to force tech companies to add backdoors into encryption. Their Prime Minister is sounding like an idiot on the matter, insisting that it's not a back door if we tell you to put it there. Then it's a front door, apparently. That's not how things work. That makes it so much better. Yeah, he also, someone said to him, you know, you do understand that this is against the laws of mathematics, to which he he asserted that the laws of Australia trump the laws of mathematics, which is impressive. So Australia is some sort of alternate universe, which is nice. Um, and apparently Apple have been proactively working with the, the Turnbull administration trying to get some sanity involved. So they they haven't actually written a specific law, let alone passed it through Parliament. They're, they're at the saber-rattling stage, so I guess we need to watch and see what they do. China, on the other hand, are well and truly into the we have you know written the laws section. So China have restrictions on VPNs, and you basically need to license a VPN for it to be us- legally usable in China. And they got Apple to crack down on unlicensed VPNs and remove them from their app store. Now, Apple got all sorts of heat over that, but they kind of have literally no choice. Because if you don't do what the Chinese government say, they will simply just shut down your entire store. Oh, right, you won't remove those apps from the store. Fine, no app store in China anymore. Good day. Yeah. Um, Russia then are a little bit behind China, but not a lot. Uh, They are now at the passing laws stage. They passed a new law which outlaws VPNs. And, in fact, anything that makes you anonymous on the Internet. And that law will come into effect in November this year. So one assumes there will be a whole bunch of apps banished come November from the Russian app store. Meanwhile, in the UK, the Home Secretary managed to make herself very popular on the Internet. And by popular, I mean deeply unpopular. By insisting that real people don't want unbreakable encryption. The Internet's head just exploded. Um... Although you'd be happy to know that the EFF have ranked Apple highly in their annual Who Has Your Back report. So that at least is a small amount of good news to add into this story. So I 
I don't know what to say on this other than to say I think this is the fight of our times and I don't know if if large democracies start to be inspired by China in their approach to how to deal with the internet, that's not a good day in my book. Yeah. We're losing it as far as we're concerned. Uh, but it's... it's they, they, the governments around the world seem to have it that it's the way for security moving forward and they just don't understand it. So unless you know something happens dramatically that gives them a kick at the backside so they understand mm-hmm. it doesn't um, work like that, then... Uh, I, I'm just uh, shaking my head, dropping it down. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter how much, they always come back with those arguments, which it's very difficult to, you know, uh, it makes you look like a, you know, a, a, um, well, it's a, always a, a dramatic pedophile right? or a terrorist. And, yeah. you know, they, they're using those arguments and they just, they are, uh, it just, I get very angry. Like, I know you do. Yes. So basically, which are you more likely to encounter in your life? Criminal activity on the internet or terrorism? Actually, it's criminal activity on the internet. And what we're proposing to do here is to make us less safe from the thing which is actually likely to get us in the name of protecting us from the highly spectacular but highly unlikely event of terrorism. It's uh, makes no well no the government want a police state terrorism is just the excuse yeah particularly in fact oh. your government uh, Gaz and Nick sorry you, you guys are leading the way on this one I'm afraid I think we lost Nick by the way oh no oh <laughs> they've spotted him yes. oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't oh, even want him talking about this. <laughs> I wonder can you get back onto the call. Anyway, you you guys talk among well, I was gonna say talk to the audience rather than among yourselves. Okay. Um let's see. I I I'll I'll throw in a note of optimism. Maybe it's just please, maybe I'm please. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm nuts and you know, that's 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 fine. I'll just but just to give the counter view. Um one of the things that happened in the US is that And I can't remember who it was. I want to say somebody in the intelligence community uh, had some conversations with one of our more right wing senators, a gentleman by the name of Lindsey Graham, who you from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, And he actually changed his position. Now, this was in the Obama administration and the um, attorney general at that time was pushing for, you know, backdoors, backdoors. It was around the San Bernardino incident around that time. And um, people went to him and said, basically, they explained the laws of mathematics. And he basically said to the attorney general, I was with you until I talked to some experts in this field and I can't support the back doors because I understand because, you know, he gets it. He had to have it explained to him, which, you know, is an older gentleman on, on the East Coast, uh, probably not all that tech savvy, which mm-hmm. a lot a lot of. You know, he he actually did change his mind. And I th- keep in mind that Google, Microsoft, Apple, et al. have a lot of money to put into lobbying. Yeah. yeah. And and if and they will do that privately. True. Yeah, so, I think I think you're right. I think it's definitely businesses that could you know bring sanity back into this this process. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they have a lot to lose. The, you know, there Microsoft is also hope to be taken from the fact that it's, uh, yes, it was the head of the FBI was leading the attack on encryption in the U.S., but some of the people jumping to the defense of encryption in the U.S. were the head of the CIA and the NSA and these other government organizations who are charged with protecting Americans online. Right. Yeah. And although, although those particular individuals are no longer in, in the current administration mm. because that was part of the shift. So Sure. But, you know, yeah. you're seeing generals and, and people who – I mean, a lot of the people speaking up were former – leaders of right. the CIA and so forth when they were speaking up. So it, it, there's there are respected people in the intelligence community speaking up in favor of encryption. Right. Their voices carry weight. So that is another positive takeaway, I guess. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting. And even in China so far, um, iMessage is still encrypted end to end. And uh, and, and it's not the only one. So they haven't gone after that. They're just going after access to information. Yeah, I so. think the only problem with that, though, is I think in China, what was the percentage? Everybody uses uh, – what is their WeChat. app? Waymo, WeChat. WeChat. WeChat, that's the one. WeChat. Everybody uses – I mean that's their – basically right. their phone UI. So I don't, I don't know how much that helps because I'm pretty sure WeChat's tapped into. Oh, is oh, it? Oh, yeah. I'm guessing. All right. It's a, it's a I, I, don't, I don't know right? that for sure. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. But they have a choice of using iMessage and they also have, I think they have a choice as far as I know of using some of the other um, uh, signal and maybe some of the others that are totally encrypted. They I do. So. They can. But it's yeah. also kind of yeah. like the choice of using Facebook or not. Everybody you know is on it. And if you don't use it, you're just not going to communicate with those people, which is the stance I took. But most people don't take that. Me too, Scott. Me too. Me too. See, on this panel, <laughs> yeah. standing up to Facebook is the norm. But on the planet Earth, we are such right. a minority. <laughs> we are, yeah. We're... yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to move us along because we're at the one hour mark. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to solve this one. But I do think we need to, I guess my my takeaway is when someone comes knocking on my door looking for my vote, this is one of the things I talk to them about. And I would suggest that people consider doing the same i guess that's where right. I, I want to leave the discussion and i just want to throw in a final thought actually it's very mean of me to jump in my soapbox and then move on so anyone else want a quick go on the soapbox okay we're done we're done okay last main story is a weird one so i have a sort of an editorial policy when i'm putting together this show this is not a rumor show i really 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 couldn't be bothered talking about rumors we care about actual happenings things that are real so this is we talk about apple news not apple rumors uh, but this time when your rumors and news have sort of smashed into each other when an engineer at apple accidentally published firmware for the um home pod uh, which has then been dissected and chopped sliced and diced by people what are experts at these things and in doing so they have effectively leaked information about upcoming apple products um, so apparently the reason that this the, the 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 reason the accident happened is because Apple are at a stage where they're giving Apple employees HomePods to test, and so they needed to upload firmware for those HomePods to their servers, but they pushed some wrong buttons and accidentally published it much too broadly. So we now know the screen resolution of the next fancy pants iPhone. We know that its code name is D22. Um, it's a 3x retina display. 
we know it has a little cut-out notchy thing uh, at the top of the screen because it's going to be pretty much edge-to-edge screen, and we also know that from the little pictures. So I'm wondering if anyone has any any, any thoughts or feelings on this. <laughs> okay, this really caught everyone's attention. <laughs> uh, no, I just want to see what they come out with. I think it'll be interesting to see. And it's uh, be interesting to see if what they come out with in addition to that. Like I'm assuming they'll have something very similar to what they have now plus that. Or I j- I'm just waiting to see what happens. And then it'll probably be a long time before any money is spent. Yeah. Well, I mean, the rumor is this is going to be quite an expensive flagship phone. We shall see. So, yeah, it's yeah. edge-to-edge screen. Okay, that no one's surprised by that. High resolution, no one's surprised by that. So I guess in some regards, this has just confirmed everything we've been hearing over and over and over and over again in the rumor mill. So maybe it isn't all that exciting. <laughs> the biggest, the most interesting thing to me are, of course, the rumors that Touch ID goes away because they yeah. weren't able to put it under the screen and then face recognition comes. And I guess... I will expect that they do as good a job with that as they did with Touch ID. Because let's face it, Touch ID was by far and away, especially in the second version, but even the first version was the best fingerprint sensor that I've ever seen on any product. And I hope they can do that with facial recognition, but it feels like a different challenge. Yeah, I'm really not sure about this, Bart. And if if they're coming out with a you know a high end expensive phone, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. Apple are becoming you know all expensive products, and you know. Okay, but the the rumor on this one is pretty strongly that this is not the only iPhone coming out. No, no, that's and that's and that's that's fine, but. It, it's still kind of raising the bar that a little bit and raising the bar that a little bit, but we'll we'll see on that. I don't know. I mean, the Mac Pro has been around as a stupidly expensive device forever. Why can't there be a pro version of the iPhone? I, yeah, it, it I feel like an me. iPhone. I feel like an iPhone is always going to be targeted at more people, though. Like, I, I don't feel like they would be satisfied with an iPhone Pro selling in Mac Pro numbers. And I I do agree with Gaz that it. I love well, Apple products, and I've always been willing to pay the so-called Apple tax, even at times when I really don't think it, there was much of an Apple tax. But it just does feel like at a time when its dollars are being stretched further or insert currency here, whatever, you know, and it just feels like they are squeezing more and more. And it feels like it might not be the right time in the world to do that. Oh, yeah, but no, no, hang on. I, I'm going to push back on this because I, I just disagree really strongly with this attitude because it doesn't matter if they make a more expensive phone, what ma- what would matter is if they stop making the cheap phones, if they stop the practice of reducing the price of the existing phone and True. continuing to sell it. If they stop doing that, then I will join the panic bandwagon because that would That's be terrible. fair, but what about this? What about the fact that now your only choice – so for a lot of people who can't afford this flagship iPhone, you're going to buy an iPhone knowing that you no longer have – the best iPhone. Whereas now you buy an iPhone and the only difference is, is it bigger or is it smaller? And you don't really feel like, oh, I got the second, I got the lower tier of iPhone. You never feel like that. I don't have a Porsche. I don't have the world's biggest house. I don't have the world's biggest of anything else. I don't have the world's biggest computer. Why do I Right, but the iPhone, I don't know, but the iPhone is one thing that you can buy where you don't feel like you bought the second level. Like you're not buying the, you know, entry level instead of, you know, you're buying the iPhone. It's a different attitude, but I, I couldn't give a monkey's I think the problem Apple have is that they 
they can't experiment with cutting edge stuff at scale. You you can't be cutting edge and making hundreds of millions. No, I agree. So you gotta... I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I'm not disagreeing that it's I'm not saying it's wrong to have a flagship product either. I'm just saying I don't know how much normal people uh for example in places like China where iPhone is a status symbol, is everybody gonna buy the more expensive one or are they gonna just lose some sales? I, I don't know. I haven't well, neither. pro worked it's... out because that that's the same idea, right? Yeah, but so... according to the numbers, it doesn't look like they're really selling much compared to the low end one. I, I realize that's Fine, your though, point, right? but I don't think – yeah, but nobody thinks iPad is a status symbol, though, anywhere, whereas iPhone is in a lot of places. It, it is a status symbol. There's some let – me, let me weigh in here. There's, uh, there are some folks out there uh, who look at Apple's business strategy who point that the Apple uh, – the iPhone SE was a move down market. You know, so it's not your high-end status thing. And what they're doing is they're expanding on the upside but also on the downside because what they want is that established, that install base because, right. again, for service income, so on and so forth. So, so from a business strategy standpoint, they may very well go upscale and go downscale. I would say that the um, Apple Watch Edition, the gold, which obviously, well, they took it off the market, so we yeah, assume that it didn't do so well. But it was an experiment in terms of going upscale. But I, I expect them to go in both directions. There, there's um, up and there's I, up, right, Linda? Because the, the gold the, one was like up. What the, is yeah, the, the was, terracotta or it's not terracotta? What the is issue, it? Ceramic. The, I don't. Ceramic. I don't, think any, I don't think any of us have to worry as long as they keep the functionality all through the line. It's when, but they start pushing the functionality and you can't afford it, but you're going to want it in that more expensive phone. If they yeah, keep a level-ish, if they keep a level-ish playing field, I'm with you. I no, don't. They agree won't. With that. It'll I, be a technology I, preview, right? They're well, going to get well, the coolest features well, than others. Then, then I feel that they might be going down the wrong avenue and it could be a purely selfish point of view that that means i can't afford it okay it is that's, that's, so that's where i'm at too guest and that's where i'm yeah. coming from i'll tell you what's a much bigger okay. issue for me is can you start your phone with uh and face recognition looking up at the ceiling while my face is at 45 degree angle and recognize me that's what are, i'm are you that's are you what asking I'm if talking. it can recognize your nostrils guess <laughs> precisely <laughs> Precisely, because I tell you, the amount of times I have my phone sat on the desk, and I'll just put my thumb on uh, Touch ID just to wake it up, so I can yep. do something. Yep, and all the time. Th- that's a bigger issue for me. The the the, the more expensive phone, I'm kind of with you, Bart, but equally, it, it just doesn't feel right. You know, they're making a completely unlevel playing field. Okay, fine if that's what they want to do, and that's their business um, um, methodology. Fine, yeah. but well, Mark, yeah, it the, doesn't the, have the, the, a unlevel t- playing field. The, like every, everyone. The, Every market has the high end and low end. No, I, I agree. Okay. It's just it's just I, a change. I, okay, so tell. Well, is it is huh? it a change? Is it really? Can I just? Is it a change really? Because I made the choice. This, I mean, I tend to upgrade every year, but I have liked the smaller size. I've not liked the plus size, and so I I forego. Uh, the the super duper camera and all the neat pro, uh, port, portrait things that you can do with the new one. So I've already chosen to not be at the very very top. Um, so I and that that seems to me that difference has been there. And although maybe they're expanding it on the upside, uh, but the difference has been there in terms of what you choose. The difference has been there in terms of the number of um, 
number of gigs of storage that you have. If you've gone with a, a 256 or a 128 or, you know, 32, whichever, 64 gig. So uh, that difference has been there. It's just it may be expanded and it's getting more attention now. Uh, yeah, and I think it, that's the issue for me. And and the other difference, too, is when you're holding your iPhone in your hand, nobody knows how many gigs it has. Nobody cares. That's um, true. But they know it's not a plus. So here yeah. I am. I'm, you know. <laughs> right. But so what about so we're talking about what about the downscale side? What about going the other way, the cheaper one? Does anybody here have an iPhone SE or can I badmouth it? I do not because I have an iPhone six. What blew me away about the SE is so at the time when they introduce an, a version of iOS that heavily incorporates 3D touch, which a lot of people find not very discoverable anyway, then they come out with an iPhone SE which can't even use it. It just was a little weird to me. It just I don't know I. I know people that like the SE, but it just seems like bad timing on that phone. I don't know. It sold it, well. I mean, it may have been bad it, timing in some sense, but it seems to have sold quite well. It did, so, but I and, feel like and, that's more to do with the price than the fact that it was really that desirable of a phone. Well, I, that, I feel that like depends on desirable to whom, because again, you have your high school kids. You know, if parents want to buy something for their kid and it's an intro phone, and you also have your um, expanding markets. You know, India just to pick a country where the power or China, you, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of places, they want an iPhone. I did hear a stat recently that something like 75% of the teenagers in the U.S. have iPhones. And that's, a, that's an amazing number. Um, and and it, a lot of those are probably, you know, 4Ss, 5s, maybe, maybe 5Ses. I mean, that's yeah. the kind of market that it goes for. Yeah, so that I just I mean, hope, they're not aiming at you, I don't think. Right. I, I understand that. I just hope that if Apple does have cheaper phones like that for those cases, which they do need to have, I totally agree. I just hope they're careful about which features aren't in them. And yeah. maybe 3D Touch doesn't matter to people. Maybe that's my own. Maybe I'm the only one that thought that was weird. But there will be other things that won't be in those phones that maybe matter more. I just hope they're careful about not having it be a total useless phone. Oh, it won't be useless. I don't, yeah, I don't think. think the SE is a useless phone. I know an awful lot of people who absolutely adore their, their SE. People of a certain generation who hate really big phones adore their iPhone SEs. I know quite a few of them in person. Um, just to circle back a little bit, the iPod line managed to find an awful, awful, awful big room between their cheapest product and their most expensive product. So it can be done, and Apple have done it before. So I don't see why the iPhone can't try for the same the ipod started in the middle and then stretched down and up and so far the iphone has done much more of it stretching down so maybe there's room for enough so, so are we are we saying that they are actually aiming to sell less of the really expensive one that is okay my theory right and it's just right this is just me theorizing <laughs> yes. apple want to play with because, cool because that's what that's what we'd be saying isn't it if, if it went that expensive it's, oh, it's, like, it's supply and demand, uh, like right? Many others, like many yeah. others on this podcast, <laughs> I, I also would. I mean, the thing I used to like about Apple is, yes, it was expensive. Yes, it was. I'd have to stretch for it a bit, but I could just afford that. Oh, and that's the top one. Wow. Whereas yes. where this is going, there's no way I'm ever going to spend that much. That, is it aimed just, at you? It, you know, I mean, the iPad Pro is not no, aimed at everyone. No, no, but it's probably aimed at the vast majority of people, and therefore that's is. what I'm saying. If we go for is. something that's so much more expensive, is it really going to take all the people with it? I don't think it's no, supposed I to. I think it's intentionally intended not to take people with it. 
I agree Apple cannot experiment with new technology on a device they need to make a hundred million of. They need to be able to play with new technology on a small scale. They they can't make it small scale by not building enough because people's heads will explode. So the only other way to make it small scale is to use the market and simply say, this is going to be an expensive device. This is a pro device. And they'll probably give it a name as such. We have MacBooks and MacBook Pros, iPads and iPad Pros, iPhones and iPhone Pros. That, that's my pet theory on, on the whole thing. But haven't they been experimenting with cutting-edge technologies and then releasing them in large numbers anyway? I mean, this, I think it's, this I, isn't something new. Is it? I think they're running into problems. Like, the, like, as I say, we don't generally do rumors, but the, 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 the torrent of rumors out of the supply chain at the moment is that Apple are absolutely struggling to scale up on the, the fancy pants features coming. I think they're okay. too successful. We'll see. We shall see. By, the time we shall that, see. by the time that comes out, I expect I might be thinking about a 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I only buy every second cycle, so I'm due this time around. But I very, I, I have never bought one of the plus-size phones, and I have no intention to. I expect to be buying a phone in the middle of the range, and I will not be even mildly miffed about that fact, as long as I get a nice phone. Basically, well, as long if, as my yeah. phone is nice, I don't care. I'm finding I'm just falling back now and um, I just feel that they're generally too expensive for me and therefore I'm I'm at least one or two generations back, which is fine. I'm not complaining about that. Uh, I'm I'm just saying for me, Apple, uh, the top end now is just is beyond what I'm prepared to spend. So. Well, the good news part is if you are if you are tempted by iPhone 8 or whatever it's called, uh, I have a feeling the availability is going to be such that you'll be going into your third year by the time you can get one anyway so you can <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah so it's, it's an academic point basically is what you're saying yeah it may be yeah entirely possible okay let's wrap up with some quick news before you round out the show just to draw people's attention to apple have launched a repair program for first generation apple watches whose backs fall off if you're affected by such a thing you basically apple have extended it to a three-year warranty it's not common but it does happen and there is now a repair program for it uh, the back-to-school promotion for 2017 has been announced. Basically, free Beats headphones with purchases of qualifying Macs and iPad Pros, which is interesting. So, obviously, targeting the laptop market there. Apple have uh, added a new smart home experience to 46 of their flagship stores around the world, where you can basically go in and see what it would look like to have a home that is home-kitted, um, which I guess shows Apple doubling down on home-kit a bit. Uh, you can finally use Touch ID in the Apple Store app. That is not the App Store. That is the Apple Store app. That's the app that matches their physical retail stores. Um, PayPal is coming to Apple as a payment mechanism. For now, it's China and Mexico only, but there is a worldwide rollout coming, quote-unquote, soon. Did you uh, mean to say China or Canada? I th- meant to say Canada and Mexico. What did I say? China. I meant to say Canada and Mexico. That's what's written here in front of me. I obviously can't read. We know I'm terrible at reading out loud. Um, Apple Pay is coming to Denmark, Finland, Sweden, and the UAE, United Arab Emirates, later this year. Apple TV continues to improve for people in the United States of America. Single sign-on gets 10 more providers, and their smart search, or sorry, universal search, gets seven new content providers. Best as I can see, this is all for Americans, which is fine. You know, I'll, I'll live. Oh, 
you just took a, you just made me feel bad about a complaint I wanted to make about the single sign-on, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you made me feel very guilty. No, please complain because then you can fix it before it comes our way. No, oh, well, so I have DirecTV now, which is their streaming service, and it's cheaper than getting you know the dumb dish on the side of your house and all that mm-hmm. other garbage you don't want. So um, they still don't have that as a single sign-on, although some of the individual apps do. So it's kind of interesting that some of the individual apps for different stations have picked that up, and you can sign in with that, and yet uh, Apple still doesn't have that on there. I don't know what's going on there. I think there's dealing to be done. Mm, yeah. Um. Apple have partnered with an Australian manufacturer to build the first made-for-iPhone cochlear implant, which I think is rather cool and, again, shows Apple doubling down on this whole health thing. And finally, just to have a little gloat, Adobe have made it official, Flash is dying. It's going to take it another two and a half years to shuffle off this mortal coil, but by the end of 2020, it will be dead. Between now and 2020, uh, Adobe have negotiated with the browser manufacturers. It's going to be a phased rollout with Flash becoming ever more difficult to turn on and ever more off by default until it just vanishes into the ether of doom at the end of 2020, which cannot come soon enough. So uh, that's a bit of good news to end the show on. Folks, I've just had a horrible feeling. <laughs> a, a horrible dead. thought, rather. <laughs> a horrible thought about that cochlear implant. Uh, okay. Just think what would have happened if Google had invented it. <laughs> Ooh, ads in up, my brain. You'd end yeah. up listening things and suddenly get an advert in the middle of your... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just as you were pausing. Oh, yes. well, I don't want to be morbid, but there might be a lot of people jumping off things. Get away from that. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, my idea of hell? It's having the ads in my head. Yep. Okay, folks, thank you so much for giving freely of your time. Um, Just a reminder to listeners first that you can find detailed show notes. Basically, all of the stories that informed our discussion today are all linked over at lets-talk.ie. While you're over there, you'll find large blue buttons with the uh, header and will them support the show. I very much appreciate everyone who has and does support the show. And if anyone would like to join that group of people, then by all means push on one of those blue buttons. There's a Patreon button, which is the single most effective way to support the show. The idea is you pledge a small dollar amount for every episode that comes out. It will be exactly two a month, one photography, one Apple. So if you'd like to give me $5 a month, pledge two fifty. That's the basic idea. Uh, what's great about the Patreon is that it's a steady flow of income, which I can then use against a steady flow of bills, which go the other way. And it really, really, really makes a difference. It's a it's a really effective way of helping the show. The other obvious one is a PayPal button. It does exactly what it says on the tin. And uh, there's a Zazzle store where you can buy branded stuff. So you get to be a walking, talking advertisement for the show. And I get a commission on everything you buy. And then there are two very nerdy ways of supporting the show. And if you are in need of these nerdy services, they are really good ways of supporting the show. If you are not in need of these services, these are useless because they only actually pay out if you actually buy something. Just simply following the link doesn't help at all. So one of them is domain registration through hover.com. They are my domain registrar of choice, which is why I have an affiliate link with them. And these are not advertisements, by the way. They're affiliate links. 
so these are the actual services I actually use, and then I have an affiliate account uh, thingy with them. And the other one is virtual servers from DigitalOcean, which is where best-talk.ie is hosted, among other things. So if you need those services, if you use my affiliate links, then it helps you and it helps me and it helps the show. If you have no need of virtual servers or domain registrations, then obviously this is completely useless to you. Everyone can help the show by simply telling their friends, tweeting about the show, reviewing us on iTunes. It all helps. It's all appreciated. And again, I thank everyone who has supported the show in any way whatsoever. It is it is all much appreciated. Panelists, uh, let me go. I'm going to try go in reverse order, which I'll probably get wrong. Gaz, would you like to tell the dear listeners where they can hear more of your sage wisdom? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> or yourself you can, and Guy ranting about Yeah, yeah you can catch myself and Guy over at the mymac.com. Uh, or not, my, I always do that. My Mac podcast. You can find it at mymac.com. Um, Guy and I just do a weekly, although we'd missed this week because we were far too busy. So, <gasps> so, on, so you didn't by. have time to do your own show, but you had time for mine. I'm Shh, so don't good. tell Guy, he'll tell me off. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah so uh, we do a weekly ramble around what's happening with apple and just uh, and it, we get a thought brain dump on there and it's uh can sometimes be quite funny and can sometimes be quite odd so there you go and, and stay tuned for a bumper because whenever i have one of you guys on i always choose one of your bumpers <laughs> thank you so you'll much. hear guy and gasby entertaining in a moment <laughs> Linda, do you want to plug anything for the listeners, say any uh, Mac user groups that you might be involved in or something like that? I was just going to say Silicon Valley Mac user group is uh, the group with which I am highly affiliated. I end up doing a lot of organizational things and, and, as part of a group, um, and they are at svmug.org, at, uh, svmug.org. And um, if you, people want to contact me, LLG for CDG. Um, on Twitter. Twitter. Excellent. Yeah. Scott, do you want to remind people again of your, uh, well, of anything you'd like to remind them of, but don't forget to include your your uh, Learning Japanese podcast. Oh, anything I can remind them of. It brings up lots of possibilities, but I'll stick to my Twitter account is Scott AW, and uh, the podcast we talked about earlier is, what did I say it was? Nihongo.audio. I keep forgetting the URL, but anyway, it's there. And the best thing about that podcast is that we record so infrequently. It was supposed to be monthly, and we haven't met that. It's not going to jam up your queue. You'll still get through your podcast. So well, that's worth that. something. Um, yes. Just to, to help the listeners out, it's uh, November Indigo Hotel, Oscar November Golf Oscar dot audio, which is a nice TLD actually. That was I like that one. So Nihongo dot audio. Uh, and finally, Nick, is there anything you would like to uh, plug for the dear listeners? Uh, yeah, they can find me very occasionally on Twitter under the username Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. Excellent. Okay, folks, and uh, hopefully a bit of good summer weather for you all to enjoy over the next while. Um, I've been your host, Bart Bouchots. Until next time, uh, oh, I forgot my outro for this show. What was it? Oh, yeah, Happy Computing. That's the one. Until next time, Happy Computing. You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Five, four, three, two, one. And we are go. Go, wait. 
Go where? The commercial guy. We're recording a commercial for the MyMac.com podcast. Ah, so we're recording the podcast now. Well, well, no, not now. At the moment, we're recording this commercial. So when do we go? Go where? I don't know. You started this whole go thing. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. We have no idea what we'll say next. <laughs> 